0: You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. This is Pros Like Us. We are in the... um, proverbial dead season here in the middle of May, moving up to June 1. Maybe we'll get some some action at June 1 with the uh, roster moves or uh, salary cap breaks the team might get for making trades and so forth. Let me bring in my partner here, Alex. Alex, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Lou. A lot of football to get to, uh, but yeah, first we've got an interview.
0: All right, very good. Let's bring our guest in.
1: Joining us now is wide receiver from Tarleton State, Tariq
0: Bitson. He's a senior coming in this year. How you doing, Tariq?
2: I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing real well. Like I said, you're at Tarleton State. You guys just came off of uh, your spring season. But before we get into I guess the football side of things, I, I something struck me. How do you balance school football and now you're you're a dad? You have a, a one year old. How how is that
2: going? It was an adjustment at first, but definitely I think the biggest thing is just getting a routine, a routine down, and just I'm learning from her, so and she's learning from me, so it's just kind of a, a learning process. But the biggest thing is definitely getting a routine down.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I've, I've been a dad for a long, long time. But I can kind of remember that first one, and it was uh, kind of upset uh, the entire the entire apple cart. But, you know, eventually you do work it out. But you've got a lot on your plate, but uh, it sounds like you're handling it pretty well. Who would you say is your biggest influence in your football life, and how did they become that?
2: I think my biggest influence in my football life would have to be uh, definitely my family. They have just always been there throughout my career. Uh, anytime is, uh, I've needed guidance or advice or just uh, different things like that, they've been there to give me the, that advice. Uh, at the end of the day, they still have allowed, allowed me to make my own decision, but they still have, you know, given me some type of uh, clarity that uh, no matter what I do decide that they're, you know, always going to support me and be my biggest fan. I think they're definitely been the biggest support system and the biggest uh, people as far as my football career goes.
1: How did you get into football in the first place? Who signed you up for it? Your mom? Your dad? Or did you play some other sport? How did football come about?
2: Uh, Well, before I started playing football, I was actually playing basketball. I was kind of playing basketball year-round. I didn't start playing football, uh, tackle football until uh, fourth grade. It was really me who wanted to play um i kind of had to beg and plead with my parents to allow me to get out there and play because i think at that age parents were just you know fourth grade like still trying to let your bones develop and things like that they didn't want nothing crazy to happen to me but you know i had that urge to get out there so i had to beg and plead them to put me in it
1: you were at oklahoma state for a year then you went to juco then you spent a year at Adams state now you're at tarleton state What has this journey been like for you? Because you've traveled quite a bit.
2: So far, I think it's just been, one, um, just finding out what uh, best fits me as a player and uh, owning off the field. Having good camaraderie with uh, my teammates and coaches and people in the office, and that's definitely things that I've learned throughout my journey. Um, I will say throughout this journey, I haven't... um, Really came across any uh, thing that I regret. Feel like everything has happened for a reason, and, uh, and it's continuing to play out for a reason. So I just, I just kind of let things, you know, unfold and just kind of, um, you know, leave it into God's hands and just allow Him to guide whatever is meant to be to happen.
1: You were born and raised in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Were you a Oklahoma Sooners fan, or were you a Oklahoma State Cowboys fan growing up?
2: Neither actually, I was. Uh, I've always been an Ohio State fan. I don't know how I got to that. I guess one year I was watching college football for the first time. Actually, um, it was 2007, and Ohio State was playing LSU for the national championship, and I just kind of fell in love with the with Troy Smith and Tegan Jr. and BB uh, Wells and that year that they had um, that that class that they had with Jim Trussell, and then I just Kind of stuck with them.
1: Interesting. So you became a Buckeyes fan. Did you support them all the way through when they went from Trestle to Urban Meyer? Yes, I
2: did. Um, actually, funny thing about that was because uh, the year that Urban won the uh, national championship against OU, uh, I had told myself, I was like, if Ohio State like you know, gets a coach like Urban Meyer, they'll win another national championship. And years down the line, Eventually, Ivan comes to
1: Ohio State. Obviously, we mentioned that out of high school, you decided to go and and join the Oklahoma State Cowboys. You wanted, I would assume, to join in the same ranks as Des Bryant, Justin Blackman. They, They had a lot of good wide receivers that went in the first round. Why did you eventually decide to transfer from the Cowboys? What happened there?
2: Well, I just think at the time that I had came in, James Washington was already there, Marcellus Aitman, uh, Chris Lacey. They all had, you know, upper receivers. And I wasn't as mature as I am now, so I really didn't have nobody really kind of telling me, hey, like, you know, just waste your time. Like, uh, coming from high school, like, when you're used to, you know, I guess being the man, you can say. And I used to uh, getting a lot of balls coming out of high school. And you go to college, like, you know, you kind of, Think that that's kind of how things go, but it's a totally different like system, a totally different um, journey when you get to college. And uh, I just kind of felt like uh, I was ready to, and eager to get on the field, so I just kind of transferred out.
0: One of the things you talk about getting a lot of balls coming your way in 2019, you played at Adams State, and you had a monster season. I mean, you were offensive player of the year. In the conference, number one in the nation is in yards per game, 145. You scored 11 touchdowns, four games over 200 yards. I mean, it was just a stellar season. But And, again, a lot of accolades there. But I guess, what do you remember most about that season? What stood out to you as far as your performance?
2: I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was just my mindset throughout that whole process. Because, um, honestly, like you naming all the accolades and stuff, during the season, I really didn't, like, know how close I was to, like, breaking records and things like that until, like, my teammates would tell me, like, in practice, you're so close to, like, breaking this record or do you know, like, what you just did, like, last game and stuff like that, like, treating every game like, you know, the next game. So I wasn't really trying to outdo my last game or trying to put up certain amount of numbers. I just was going out there and just playing to have fun. That's just kind of what happened.
0: Putting up numbers like that would be a lot of fun, right?
2: <laughs> yes, sir. And <laughs> I
1: didn't
2: I didn't find out that I was a taking team all American until I think coach called me, uh, Coach Blankenship called me in the office and was like, uh, I got this plaque for you and I'm at first thing, I'm gonna get in trouble anytime I head coach called me. <laughs> I assume that it must not be too good, but he come in there and tell me, Hey, like, you know, you made second team all American that is kinda I guess what made me realize that I did have like crazy, crazy years. With the
0: moves that you've made, you end up now, you just played this last season at at Tarleton State in the WAC Conference. What's that move been like? What made you feel like, okay, that's the right place for me. This is where I need to go to really elevate my game.
2: Um, Well, I knew that um, after the season that I had and then COVID happened, I had graduated here at Adams. And I kind of was looking to, I was eager to get on the field again to um, showcase, like, my my skills and talent again. And I know one thing that may have been um, a knock or something that some people feel have, may not have been um, a bonus in my evaluation was the talent that I was going against. I just felt like, well, there's something that I can do on my end to eliminate that being a, a knock against my evaluation when it comes to the next level, then uh, I guess I'll just try to see what happens so I it was a transfer portal it was like getting recruited all over again out of high school honestly just kind of like you know let things unfold and see what teams want you and see if it's a good fit for you and tarleton state was uh, definitely a, i think a good fit for me
0: all right so at tarleton state you had spring ball this year but spring ball this year due to covid was your season Uh, six games plus a playoff game. It's abbreviated schedule. So, I mean, everything just was kind of upset, but what did you learn from this experience? And what were some of the, I guess some of the challenges of playing in the spring?
2: Definitely something that you have to worry about playing in the spring is, um, the weather, I guess you would say our first game against McNeese, it was super like 12 degrees or 10 degrees. And that's not normal for Texas. But, um, (laughs) Obviously, the weather, but also you have to uh, understand it's a quick turnaround because it is a, sh- a shortened season, so there is no bye weeks. There is no uh, week for you to you know recover from maybe playing four or five games in a row. It definitely makes you understand and appreciate the, um, what goes into the recovery while you're going through these uh, X amount of weeks. It emphasizes on how much you have to take care of your body how much uh, water and fluids and treatment that you get on your body. So that's definitely something that uh, I've learned through the spring uh, season.
1: You mentioned that people had question marks about your level of competition, but obviously you transferred to the FCS level and played well in the spring. Do you think that you showed everyone that you can compete here at at a higher level?
2: Uh, Yes, obviously I do. I do think that I did show that. Even though it was a shortened season, I honestly got there in January and our first game was February, so I really only had, uh, what, a month, maybe a little less than a month to really digest the whole playbook and be ready for the first game against McNeese. But um, I do think I have showed that I can compete at a higher level, and uh, I will continue to show that when the semester and season comes around in the fall.
1: You know, not many Tarleton State players find themselves on the, the the top ten highlights on SportsCenter. But you did that this season. How surreal was that experience?
2: Uh, that was a, definitely a surreal moment. Growing up as a kid, you know, all, you, you watch SportsCenter, and you watch all the, the players make the top ten nominees and make the top ten uh, plays and whatnot. So, um, honestly, I really didn't even know I had made it until somebody had... Uh, called me and, and like recorded it off their T V and sent it to me and kinda was telling me, Hey, like you're on a sportsman and I said, No way, like and then I actually saw it for myself I was like, dang, it's crazy, like like I said, you just grew up as like a kid watching and seeing like, you know, all the greats that have been on there before and now like or a person has made it as a collegiate athlete.
1: Uh, Tariq, obviously you get another shot this year, the spring season was a redshirt year, so you get another senior year, just like some other players that took advantage of it. Uh, tell us about the squad for the upcoming season. What can we expect from Tarleton State in the fall?
2: Uh, you are definitely going to be expecting us to compete for a conference championship because uh, I think with us moving up, we can't go to the playoffs quite yet, but um, we definitely can compete for a conference championship, and that's what we're going to do. And everybody on our team is pretty much coming back. Uh, I don't think we lost anybody at all, honestly. Offensive line, defensive line, all our skilled guys. So everybody's coming back. So th- I think what are allowing us to get that taste of playing uh, those eight games in the spring that we just played um, allowed us not only as a team to see where we are at and what we can do to improve, but what it takes to have um, – a better season, as far as going, uh, winning games that we feel like that uh, we should win.
1: All right, we'll let you critique your game a little bit. What do you think you still need to improve upon? What areas of your game do you need to get better at?
2: Uh, I think right now the biggest thing for me is, I guess, um, being more of a leader uh, when it comes to off the field. Um, I know I'm probably not a, a super vocal leader. I'm more of a Like, I'll show you how to do it type of leader, but now with it coming into this fall and uh, my last goal, I think I need to be more vocal. And um, I need to work on getting more separation when it uh, comes to on the field. I know uh, sometimes I do do a good job at that, but I need to be more consistent at showcasing that I get separation.
0: All right, Tariq, before we let you go, we're going to let you you know, maybe peer into the crystal ball here. I mean, you've already graduated, got your undergraduate degree from Adams State. It looks like you're pursuing a master's at Tarleton. Outside of being a wide receiver for an NFL team, what would be your dream job? Uh,
2: my dream job would be actually uh, owning my own business uh, one day, which I hope to pursue uh, maybe when I get done uh, with the NFL uh, whenever that day comes, but definitely – trying to own my own business, uh, and being fully hands on with owning my own business. It's not like just opening up a business or putting money up for a business and letting somebody else run it.
0: Actually, Any idea what kind of business it would be?
2: I uh, definitely something in the technology field. Um, I haven't made a decision on what quite in the technology field, but I definitely want it in the technology field.
0: Well the kids tell me it's all about cryptocurrency these days, so I you know, I'm not too high up on it. I know it's, it looks like a little bit of a bubble, but it's coming. So if you want any advice, cryptocurrency, book it here. All right, Tariq, we really wish you the best. It looks like uh, you found a home for your last year here in college football, and we wish you
2: the best. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks again to Tariq Bitson, wide receiver from Tarleton State, the Texans. It's never too early to really look at the 2021 playoff season right i mean we're still in the off season sure let's talk about the playoffs What well, playoffs playoffs what do you got alex what do you what, what are we thinking today
1: yeah it's it's a great expression with jim mora when he did that sound bite on tv he never imagined that it was just he was going to take him this far it's like whenever you you listen to some show, whatever sports center. they always use that Jim Mora expression like twenty four seven. It's just it's refreshing, Lou. It really is Here's out.
0: the bus. Here's Lou in front of the in front of the tires. Go ahead, Alex.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: so you're saying I stole something. I steal stuff every day. yeah, my whole act is lifted.
1: That's a great <laughs> expression that Jim Come Mora on, did. Come on, This has nothing to do with you. It's one of my favorite quotes, and I'm glad not. you use it, Lou. I, I really do, because right. it's, it, it's a classic. It really is. Coaches today do not give you those sound bites. I mean, coaches today are so squeaky clean, they don't want to say the wrong thing. But I miss those days with Jim Mora, uh, Mike Ditka, you know, just old school, Bill Parcells. You know, do do I have you play to... to win the game?
0: Hello, you don't play just to play,
1: right? Look, let's get Rex Ryan back in the head coaching. <laughs> uh, you know, let's do those press conference out there. Let's There's get nothing like a
0: Herm Edwards soundbite.
1: All I'm saying is, look, head coaches get paid to win, but they have to bring entertainment value. I mean, you're getting paid so much. I don't want to listen to another, you know, Bill Belichick press conference. Yes, no, okay, you know, yeah, he's doing fine. What the hell is that? We've
0: already we've already talked about that. Let's move on. No, that was me being Belichick, but okay, go ahead.
1: We're talking about teams that didn't make the playoffs in 2020 that we believe will make the playoffs this season. I'll give you a team that's way off the radar I'll start with this team because I'm starting to drink the kool-aid I really am wow and this is a team that I haven't mentioned on the show before so I just wanted to start oh my goodness with this team that I'm just I'm trying to pump them up a little babe
0: Mark down the time we we have to we certainly have to pump this up and we send it out on Twitter
1: to me it's the Carolina Panthers I don't know. Maybe I'm still on the Sam Darnold bandwagon because I felt like he was the best quarterback in the 2018 draft. But I just think the the stars are aligning right now for Sam Darnold, Joe Brady, together, clicking. He finally has the weapons with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, David Moore. They, they drafted the wide receiver out of LSU, Terrace Marshall. And the most important thing is that they're getting Christian McCaffrey back. Christian McCaffrey missed 13 games in 2020, something that Teddy Bridgewater didn't have. He didn't have one of the best players in the NFL. Sam Darnold does have that. I do have some question marks about their offensive line, but I think their defense is going to be a hell of a lot better because Jeremy Chin is in his second season. They drafted in my opinion, the best corner in the draft and in J.C. Horn. They have some pieces, those edge rushers, that can get after the quarterback. So that defense is going to be able to, to get off the field on third down. So I'm drinking the Matt Rule Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Sam Darnold Kool-Aid. I think that he's going to have a very good season. Carolina Panthers believe in him. They traded for him. They didn't use a quarterback with the eighth overall pick. And I just think the Carolina Panthers, I'm not saying they're going to win this division because I think it's going to be the Bucs. But I think they will replace the New Orleans Saints and get in as the wild card.
0: Okay, so looking at our list, let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Currently, their odds, 7.5 over under, which... Of course, would not put them in the playoffs. And and again, these are early on, but in some cases I, I do tend to agree with you. I mean, obviously they have to play their division games. There's no question about that. But as far as their you know out of division games, you know, they've got the Jets. Come on, the Houston. Two of the first three games are Jets and at Houston. Yeah, so they play the NFC. You know, they play Dallas, Philadelphia, the East, and the AFC. Obviously, you've got New England and Buffalo. So you've got some tough games in there. But as far as just the overall schedule, it's not as difficult as you would think. And if those weapons and Sam can kind of put it together, they might have a shot here because New Orleans is bringing in a new quarterback. Atlanta, okay, they bring in Kyle Pitts. We'd love to love Atlanta, but I just, you know, I'm having a hard time this year. I don't know if the defense is really gonna play that well. Tampa Bay got hot at the end of last year. And and a lot of you might think, you know, this is sour grapes, you know, whatever. They they crushed the Chiefs, but they did get hot at the end of last year. It wasn't like they blew through the entire season. I mean, Green Bay. Could have won that game. Hell, the Washington football team was was within a score with Taylor uh, Heineke playing quarterback. So this isn't so, so crazy as you think, Alex, although it, it might be a little nutty.
1: The first nine to ten weeks on the schedule, it's really soft. I mean, they can get off to a good start. Their schedule at the end gets brutal. They've got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, at Tampa. But you know how important it is to get that confidence, to get to 2-0, and 3-0, and then people are talking about you, you know. And I assume that this team, they need to get off to a good start, and I think they will. They've got a shot. How about you, Lou? Who you got?
0: Okay, well, here are, were my candidates. So I had to kind of whittle it down, and I'm quite frankly not still sure which one I like the best. But uh, my candidates for, of non-playoff teams were the Dolphins, the Chargers, Giants, Cowboys, Vikings, Niners, and New England. I really don't like the Minnesota one, so let's not even go there. The Giants, I think, Giants could be the story of, of this year because it's certainly a winnable division. Dallas still, I, I, you can't convince me that just changing the defensive coordinator is going to just flip that whole side of the ball, they did draft a lot of defensive players, but but again, they're you know, obviously all rookies. So I think they're they're definitely going to be improved, especially if Dak is healthy. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with I guess the guy as far as in the AFC, the guy with the best track record, and Bill Belichick. You know, call me crazy. Let's rename this segment as Call Me Crazy. But You've got Cam Newton in for a second year. They'll have the offseason program. They're getting all their opt-outs back. They're getting their better defensive players back. They've invested a lot of money in, in their offense uh, as far as free agency. He's got two really good tight ends When whenever they've been very successful offensively. They've had two uh, exceptional tight ends. So, from New England's perspective, and then looking at that division, again, you've got the Jets. You know, Buffalo is going to be a tough task. They're not going to beat Buffalo twice. They might get them once. Miami is is really the one that intrigues me because Tua, I'm still not sold, but again, we have to give them time. But as far as New England is concerned, obviously that program expects winning. If Cam's not getting it done, maybe Mac Jones comes in and, and does a decent enough job. But I think defensively, they're going to be much better, and they might squeak into that last uh, wild card spot.
1: Mac Jones has got to be a hit as a rookie because I just don't buy the Cam Newton hype train right now. I didn't see it during that season. He has durability concerns. I think Mac Jones needs to speed up his learning process. He needs to step in and take charge and be that quarterback. Maybe not an opening week, week one, but he's got to take charge like in October. The Patriots, their success depends on whether the quarterback can execute the offense. Because right now, I mean, you look at their weapons on offense and it doesn't get you excited. All right, their free agent moves don't get me excited. So I hope Mac Jones works out for them.
0: Well it's just again I think we mentioned this on a previous show but the I guess the the two different offenses that they actually have to put together I think they might have to make a decision fairly quickly as to you know which way they're going to go they are the classic game plan team it's going to morph you know each week but, you know, to have two quarterbacks that are so diametrically opposed in how they play the game and, and what kind of offense you want to run with those guys, that's really something that, in my opinion, they would have to almost make that decision over the summer and say, okay, this is the way we're going to go, you know, come hell or high water, you know, this is going to be our guy. And it, because to switch midseason where it's just a, a coach's decision type thing rather than by injury— Again, I mean, that just seems to me like a a lot of pressure to put on that second guy, which in this case would probably be Mac Jones. And then also the offense that just kind of, you know, all of a sudden, now we're going to change a little bit the way we play. I think for that last playoff spot, I think they're going to be in it. And it really wouldn't surprise me if they got it. The other one, and I think this is very low-hanging fruit as far as an NFC team, is San Francisco. I mean, it will be, whatever, two seasons Removed from being in the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, all the injuries that they've had, uh, guys getting healthy, the draft that they had with Trey Lance. So, you know, it gives them a little bit better option, if you would, if, if and when Jimmy G gets hurt. The weaponry they have, the running game. I mean, it's just it's it's all I think going to come together. It is the toughest division in football, again, in my opinion. So you've got six really tough games, but at the end of the day, they are a very strong team. And with you know, Bosa coming back and you know, just the rest of that defense playing a little bit better, I think that's the NFC team. I'm not gonna say they they definitely, you know, should make the playoffs.
1: I hope so. But I'm not going to put my Niners on this list just because I don't want to jinx them. Uh, but there is another NFC West team that I've been hyping up for the past month, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. In my opinion, that's the team that wins this division. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to make it work. That defense has gotten better. You don't need a great offensive line because Kyler Murray can make things, can make some plays with his feet. So I just think the Arizona Cardinals, that 8-8 eight and eight team last year, is ready to make that next move in year three. And I think it's, they're going to make it work, and I think that's another team that's going to make the playoffs. I also am buying the Cowboys. And the only reason I'm buying the Cowboys is because they have the best quarterback in this division. Quarterbacks matter, Lou. And when I look at the Washington Giants, Eagles, give me a break. How are they going to win? What are they gonna do? I mean, is Daniel Jones gonna need to he's gonna have to make this third year incredible jump and go back to being the quarterback that we saw from him as a rookie. I think Dak is healthy, he's got the weapons, and even if Ezekiel Elliott is already like past his prime, they're just gonna they're gonna turn into a passing team. Something that they showed last year under Mike McCarthy. I am buying that the defense will be a little bit better, and all you need to do is just be a little bit better in this division. Because, again, you've got Washington, you've got New York, and you've got Philly in this division without Carson Wentz. You've got Jalen Hurts, for God's sake, who's going to be their starting quarterback. That's the reason why I'm buying the Cowboys. And just to sprinkle in an AFC team, just because I mentioned three NFC teams. I got to go with the LA Chargers just because Justin Herbert last year showed what he could be. I know they're switching their offense. They're bringing in a new head coach. But I think the Chargers will be a little more competent on defense you know, when you've got a, you know, a very talented young quarterback in Justin Herbert. So I think the Chargers are one of those teams that you've got to watch out for, not only in the AFC West, but in the whole AFC.
0: They're certainly talented and you know it's going to be very interesting to see you know how Staley does as a head coach uh, how that uh, New Orleans or Joe Lombardi type offense is going to uh, to work with with the chargers but yeah they they're Ultimately talented, and I like what I really like what they did in the draft, free agency. You know, not a ton in free agency, but they brought in Corey Lindsley, so I think they've upgraded the offensive line a bit. More weapons for Justin Herbert. Protect your franchise and, and give them some some toys to play with. I think they're going to be a good team. I don't know that they make the playoffs again with seven getting in. It, it, yeah, you got you got to give them that nod where they, they they definitely have a chance. A lot of jockeying in the AFC North. Uh, is really going to tell the tale, the North and the East, because the South, I think you're just going to get one team. Well, I guess just going back to the Giants a little bit, and not to spend a lot of time here, but I think that is, I guess, one division. Maybe Philadelphia could still win this. You never know. But I guess that's the one division where I think any of the four teams really has a shot. Philadelphia probably has the least uh, percentage Of winning that division but the Giants seem to have I guess the best balance where Washington I mean I guess no doubt I think is going to have the best defense in that division Dallas is certainly going to have the best offense I think the Giants may marry the best of both sides of the ball and like you said I don't know if Daniel Jones has to really make a huge leap I think If he's just able to distribute the ball a little bit and Saquon Barkley comes back and can be his normal self, that's going to help him along a lot better they gave give him you know some more weapons bringing in Kenny Galladay they draft Kadarius Toney yeah that's that's a sneaky team they the Giants it happens every year you know there's going to be three or four teams that don't make the playoffs I came up with four that you know these are were my candidates
1: right now we're talking about teams that made the playoffs last season but won't make it this year
0: So these are my candidates. You got to throw in the Bears because I still, I don't know how the hell they got in last year. Pittsburgh seemed to regress at the end of the year. I don't know if they really did anything to rebuild their offensive line. Najee Harris is a great player, but to say they're going to improve their running game just because they drafted Najee Harris, I think is a little short-sighted. New Orleans coming off of Drew Brees for so many years. You know, is Jameis Winston really the guy? Tough division, tough conference. It's going to be tough for them to, to get in the playoffs. And then the Washington football team, I, I love them. But I had to throw them in here because, again, you don't know what you're going to get out of Fitzy. Is he going to be able to play the whole year? Is there still moves to be made at quarterback? I don't think so. But Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, I'm thinking we do this again uh, after June 1st. And we're going to have different answers. But those were my four as far as eh, these teams... I'm not so sure about. Again, I'll take the low-hanging fruit and just say the Bears because changing quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, now you've got a rookie in there. And again, this also hinges on on Aaron Rodgers because if he's in the division, then yeah, I don't think there's any chance that, that the Bears get in. But now all of a sudden you got Jordan Love. Now I think the whole division's up for grabs. The way things are right now, I'm going to go with the Bears just because it's either a new quarterback who isn't that great or a rookie quarterback that's going to take some time to get acclimated. Good defense, bordering on a great defense. They they do they lose a few pieces, but uh, I'm going to say that the Bears are the one that don't get it.
1: All right, I'm going to go with two teams. I'm going to go with one in the AFC and one in the NFC. You already mentioned them as your so-called candidates, but you didn't pull the trigger. You went with the Bears. I am going to go with the Steelers. The Steelers got off to a tremendous start last year, and then they just fell apart down the stretch coming into the playoffs. The Browns, they won that playoff game finally. You can draft a running back in the first round and use that blueprint, kind of like the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell. But where's the offensive line? How is Najee Harris going to find those holes behind that offensive line? It's really average at best. Big Ben is over the hill. And I think last year, he was kind of the Achilles heel for this team. He's not the same quarterback he used to be. So you can have all these wide receivers out there with Claypool and Juju and another guy from Toledo. I forget his name. But at this point, you know, Big Ben is not the same quarterback. you got an average offensive line. I think Najee Harris is going to go, whoa, I want to go back to college. I want to go back and, and have my Alabama offensive line. The defense is going to be fine because the Steelers' defense always plays well. But I don't think the offense is going to be able to hang in this division. and It's going to be tough, and I think the Steelers will miss the playoffs this year. In the NFC, I'm going to go with the same. Look, Drew Brees wasn't the same quarterback, but he was an emotional leader of that team. People just rallied around him. And now you have Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. I mean, give me a break. The Saints defense is going to be good. I don't think that they have enough on offense. I don't trust their quarterback situation. They've got Kamara. They've got Michael Thomas coming off an injury. They'll be fine there. But I just don't see the pieces around there in order for you know Winston or Taysom Hill to They have to pull off a miracle. Sean Payton is going to have to have his best season as an offensive play caller. He's going to have to show us why he's this whiz offensive coordinator slash head coach. I'm not buying it. I think the Saints will also miss the playoffs this year. So I've got the Saints and the Steelers.
0: All right. So regarding the Steelers, I think Deontay Johnson was the guy that that you were looking for. And yeah, tremendous weapons. But uh, well, I I think Ben's going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if that's really going to help anything at this point, because they're going to have to run the ball more. I mean seriously. I mean, there's no way they're going to win with him throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. Not in that division. You've got uh, the Ravens, the Browns, much improved. Which, you know, I've got to believe they're the odds-on favorite to win that division. So, yeah. And as far as New Orleans goes, the NFL seems to be betting on them to still be a pretty, pretty good draw. I think they're they got five nationally televised games just prime time and thanksgiving we'll see i mean they they start off with with green bay again so much of this hinges on the rogers and deshaun watson and and i know you're probably going to scold me here for i keep talking about him but it's it's huge it, it could potentially swing the balance of power in you know in a few divisions because say watson goes to philadelphia Now all of a sudden, I think you got to put them right up there with the Cowboys at very least. A-Rod goes to to Denver. Now all of a sudden, that becomes a a playoff team. Yeah, there's going to be some changes here. But uh, with New Orleans, I think we both agree that Jameis is going to be the guy, right?
1: I do think Jameis is going to be the guy, and Taysom Hill is going to be brought in on certain plays, certain series, as a Wildcat quarterback in the red zone where he can give you that dual threat ability as a runner. I think they'll go in and out, but I think Winston is gonna be the quarterback in there like 80, 90% of the time.
0: Ian Book is, you know, developmental at best. So he's not even gonna I don't think he's gonna factor in their decision. I mean it remains to be seen. I think we'll we'll see early on in um in preseason games You know, as far as, you know, how much time they've put in over the off season, how much playing time they they give to Jameis and Taysom Hill, uh, who starts and, and plays most into that, I guess now second. You know, will it will it now be the second preseason game? That's the dress rehearsal for most teams, or last, or in previous years it would have been the third preseason game. So a lot of differences this year. The extra game factors into the playoffs. It should be an interesting year, and I, and I know we're going to talk about playoffs maybe one or two more times before it actually happens. You know, for sure after June one, we may we may see some differences. I mean, just in your opinion, and I know you don't like talking about this, but I'm throwing it at you anyway. Or either of those two. Guys guys starting for different teams going into this season.
1: In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is going to walk away and retire. It's not a popular opinion. It seems crazy right now, but I just think he's content by walking away because the Packers are going to play hardball. I I know that they're loading up on quarterbacks right now and and they're signing guys off the street, but I just don't buy the fact that they're would be willing to move on off of their franchise quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I think they'll try to stick and play hardball. Aaron is going to have enough. I think he's going to walk away. I just think that that's the scenario that I see. As far as Deshaun Watson, Miami has got to pull the trigger because they can offer a young quarterback. A young quarterback with potential like Tua. And I think the Houston Texans, they might budge and they might go all in on Tua there because he was the fifth overall pick in, in the 2020 NFL Draft. I think Deshaun Watson to Miami makes a lot of sense to me. I don't see Watson anywhere else. I mean, Denver is a possibility for, it seems like, every quarterback that's still available, and Rodgers seems to be the popular pick.
0: If you don't have one and one of the top five guys is available, yeah, sure, if you have the capital, you got to roll the dice, right?
1: But the windows are closed now. I mean, the, the Jets... They've got their rookie quarterback. The Bears traded up for a quarterback. I mean, I guess the Eagles are still open to the The possibility. I
0: I was going to say Philadelphia, I don't know how how much leverage Watson is going to have now in a trade saying, well, I'll go here, I won't go there. I'm sure he'd prefer to go to Miami. I'm sure Houston would prefer to trade him out of the conference. Uh, but Philadelphia, I mean, same thing, you know, a young, unproven quarterback, they've got some draft capital that they've acquired, you know, in future years. So, and I would imagine there might be a player to thrown into the mix. So yeah, I wouldn't count out Philly.
1: Washington makes a lot of sense because they also need a quarterback. I just don't think that with Deshaun Watson's situation right now, I don't think Washington would be the ideal place for him. Some people might do up in they Yeah.
0: Not that these other places like or want the heat. Uh, Washington's just dealt with so much over the last few years that, that, yeah, I I agree with you there. Football-wise, it would be a great decision, but uh, PR-wise, maybe not so much. I think that's going to do it for this week. Never too early to look at playoff view coming up, and I am sure you can surmise who the top teams are going to be, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in future weeks moving forward. I want to thank our guest again, Tariq Bitson, the wide receiver from Tarleton State Texans. Great kid, and uh, wish him the best moving forward. All right, guys, we're out. Peace!